Good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy Sabbath. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it because God did not have to wake us up this morning, but because of his grace and his mercy, he breathed into us that breath. So we need to have that breath to praise the Lord this morning. On behalf of our pastor, Jonathan Fields, and First Lady uh, Melody Fields, we want to welcome you this morning. We don't take it for granted that you have allowed us to come into your home this morning, and we're so happy that you have joined us. So do us a favor. We want you just to start a watch party, share a link, and save a life this morning. Just say happy Sabbath. Let us know that, that you're watching us this morning because we promise today is truly going to be a blessing as we worship him in spirit and in truth. I'm so happy my brother Emil is going to lead us this morning to the throne of grace. Amen, amen. Uh, we give thanks this morning for, 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 for the gift of life. You know, um, I was thinking in the course of this week that, um, you know, sometimes we have some friends in our life who probably betrayed us, you know, um, or hurt us, but the word of God tells us that, you know, Jesus chose not to call us servant, but he chose to call us friend. You know, he will never betray us. He will never abandon us. And so this morning, uh, wherever you are, um, I just want to invite you to just um, assemble yourself in an attitude of prayer as we talk to our friend and our maker. Oh, great God and our father. This morning, oh God, we just want to express from our heart. Uh, how grateful we are for the goodness that you have bestowed upon us. God, we want to thank you this morning for the many blessings, oh God, that comes in various ways. Oh God, it could be through health insurance. It could be just having a good health or just having a job. We thank you for each and every blessing. Sometimes, God, we are ungrateful, but this morning we want to take the opportunity to just say thank you. God, we thank you that you chose not to call us servant, but you choose to call us your friend. And, oh God, the songwriter reminds us what a friend we have in Jesus. Is it all our sins and our grief to bear? Oh, what a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. We thank you, oh God, that we have this privilege to just come to you in prayer, God. We thank you that we can just pray wherever we are at any time. We do not have to offer bullocks or pigeon. But we thank you for the medium that we have through your son, Jesus Christ. Now this morning, oh God, there, there are among us, oh God, those who have been sick. Oh God, probably through cancer, probably through HIV or whatever form of sickness, diabetes. God, we know that there is a cleansing fountain filled with blood that has drawn from Emmanuel vein. And so when sinners, oh God, like me and all of us plunge beneath that flood, oh God, we can lose our guilty stain. We thank God that the blood of Jesus this morning does not have any HIV. We thank God that the blood of Jesus doesn't have any cancer cell. We thank God that the blood of Jesus only has the power to heal. And so God, this morning, I pray that your healing virtue, oh God, will just touch somebody, oh God, who who have been sick, oh God, 
And so, God, I pray that this morning their experience will not be the experience of pain or sickness, but I pray that their experience this morning will be an experience of joy and thankfulness and an experience, oh God, of, of victory over whatever the situation is. Oh God, this morning, how can I forget to thank you, oh God, for, for, for our families, for our children. God, there's so much things for us to be grateful for. And so, God, even the difficult times that we have in our lives, even the struggle that we have, we can say thank you, oh God, because it is through our struggle, oh God, sometimes we, we, we come to really appreciate who you are and what you have done for us. So, God, we thank you, oh God, even for the plan of salvation that you have put in place for, for, for sinners, oh God. And so, God, this morning, take us in charge. I put before you this morning, oh God, our pastor, Pastor Jonathan Fields, who is about to present your words to your people. I pray, God, that as you, as you go forth this morning, that the word, oh God, will become life to somebody. I pray that the word that he speak this morning, oh God, it will, it will be a word of transformation, oh God. I pray that the word, oh God, will bring about a change in our life. God, you said that your word is able to cut, oh God, and pierce through everything that is divided, oh God. So God, I pray even now that as your word go forth, oh God, somebody who have not yet accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior will, will find hope in this message, will find restoration and courage, oh God, in this message. God, I also want to pray this morning for the backsliding members, oh God, those who have once professed godliness, those who have once walked this faith, oh God, and because of distraction, because of hindrance, oh God, they have allowed the devil to, to just allow them to just give up on their faith and give up on their God. But this morning, I know that there's power in the name of Jesus. I know that there's power to, to, to bring back, oh God, those who once have walked with you. And so God, I pray that this morning, oh God, the ones who used to walk with you, I pray God that something, oh God, the Holy Spirit will prick their heart and let them know, oh God, that there is a heaven to gain and that there's a hell to shun. I pray God, even for those who are still walking the walk of faith but somehow sometime we get distracted somehow sometime we get discouraged but god i pray that this morning oh god i pray that you will encourage your people oh god i pray this morning you will give strength oh god to your people to continue this fight oh god so lord i pray that at the end of this message at the end of this service, God, I pray that the devil, he will be terrified and your children will be edified and your name will be glorified. In Jesus' name I pray and I say thanks. Amen and amen. Happy Sabbath, everyone. It is a great day to be alive and a, a wonderful day to serve God. It is an awesome, awesome time, and, but it's also a scary time. Uh, this is our stewardship time, and I want to refresh your memory. Being a good steward means that you manage the gifts God gives you, your time, your talent, your temple, and your treasure to the best of your ability. So today we're going to focus on your health. And it is very, very important. Health is at the top of everybody's mind right now. 
because we're still in a pandemic. And whether we know it or, or if we're not paying attention, the numbers of sick people and dying people are increasing. It's not going down right now. The prediction for this flu season and this holiday season is grim. And we should all know by now that getting out of this pandemic will not be a sprint. This is going to be a marathon. A marathon means it's a long-term race. And it's a lot of distractions on the road. And it's a lot of things that will, uh, obstacles that will come up in your way, but you have to keep your eyes on the path to wellness. So here's some Bible verses to consider. Nehemiah was a prophet and um, his city had been, you know, torn by war torn and, and the walls were all broken down. He secured permission to go and rebuild the walls. So while he was rebuilding the walls, there were people, his enemies, who did not want him to rebuild those walls, okay? So they, his enemy said, come here, come down to us. But he said this, and I love this, this statement that he said in um, Nehemiah 3.6. He says, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease? Why should I leave it and come down to you? After all, you are my enemy, really. So be careful during the holiday se season. Consider carefully the great work of remaining healthy. Don't buckle to peer pressure. If you feel the people at gatherings are not conscientious, uh, follow your conscience and don't attend. Do not listen to others. Another verse to remember is Galatians 6, 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall all reap if we faint not. The goal is to live through the pandemic. It's not to have fun. It's not to, you know, remain close, close, buddy, buddy, friend, friends. It's not to please other people. Is so that you can live. You may have to be assertive, maybe even aggressive in saying, absolutely not. And then we remember Ecclesiastes 9 11, it says, the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to the men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. If you're going to live through this, you're going to have to stick to the path. The path is quarantining. The path is Wear your mask when you're outside and no large gathering. Remember, remember the snakes in the camp of the children of Israel. There were some snakes came in and they were biting people and people were dying and they didn't know what to do. So Moses said, hey, Lord, what should we do? He said, I want you to build a bronze snakes. I want the people to look upon that snake. This was a simple remedy. Look and be saved. That was, it was simple. That's all they had to do if they wanted to live through those, those um, snakes biting them. All they had to do was get a glimpse of that snake and they would live. There are simple steps to take to live. Simple. So I'm going to give you some of the uh, recommendations that I'm hearing going around. No more than six at indoor gatherings. I know everybody wants to eat that uh, Thanksgiving dinner with their family. I know you want to do it. But no more than six people at a gathering. Make a plan. How are you guys going to stay safe? What are you going to do? Keep your air circulating in the house. Open those windows, turn on the fans, whatever fans you have, keep the air circulating because you don't want the virus to accumulate. And then boost your immune system with good food and don't serve a whole bunch of sugar because that causes your immune system to be lowered. Be tested. Make sure you aren't positive. And then ask everybody who's going to come to your house, get tested first, at least three to four days so they can know they're not, they're not carrying the uh, virus. If people refuse to get tested, they must be refused interest into the house. And then quarantine as much as possible after the test. 
Make sure you do that. And then um, tell anybody who tests positive, stay at home. You can't come. Be on, you have to be on Zoom. Come on, we have to get through this. We don't have the luxury of intelligent leadership at this point. We don't have the luxury of everybody thinking the same right now. So you have to be, make yourself a committee of one to be well, to be happy, and to, and most importantly, God has given us information, quarantining, wear that mask, social distancing, using lifestyle, washing your hands. He's given us that. But sometimes the cure or either the um, resolving the issue is a lot simpler than what we believe. Remember the snake, just look and be safe. Some people probably didn't look. Ah, that's not going to work. Ah, da, 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 da. We're doing the same thing now. Follow instructions. Give yourself every opportunity to be well. So with that in mind, also, we want to remind everybody that you can help us support, you can support our um, efforts to lead people to Christ, to uh, provide these type of messages for them more often by um, supporting us with any donation, your tithe and offering at dollar sign top giving, or you can also um, support us through adventistgiving.org. Remember, you can contact us after this show if you'd like to help us to send a life-filled message to a fearful and dying, and dying world. Make this a great Sabbath and keep yourself safe. The holidays are coming. This is not the last you're going to hear of this message. Take care. Amen. Thank you, Sister Carol, for just encouraging us to be sober and vigilant. And we are, we have to guard all the avenues, not only of our physical world, but our, but our spiritual bodies as well. So thank you once again. So at this time, Sister Beverly Stewart Anderson is going to set the table as we prepare to dine off of the word Pastor Fields is going to bring a powerful message today, so we want you to get your minds and hearts in tune to receive this word. Grab a piece of paper and a pen to take notes so that you can refer back to those important points the Holy Spirit is going to impress upon your heart today. Sister Beverly Stewart Anderson is going to sing, Lord, I lift your name on high, after which we will hear our pastor, Pastor Jonathan Fields, hear ye him.
Happy Sabbath, everybody. It is indeed a blessing to be here today. For we serve a God that is able to do all things but fail. He's a God that understands us better than we understand ourselves. For he is an amazing God. Without him, we're hopelessly lost. But with him, we're more than conquerors. My name is Pastor Fields. I'm so thankful to be here with you. We want to welcome you. Good morning and happy Sabbath. It is indeed a blessing to be here today. Again, God is a faithful God. He's an awesome God. Um, he's a wonderful God. And um, I'm just so elated and excited at the fact that he chose us. Amen. I want to welcome you to the Tabernacle of Praise uh, family um, here at worship on our Sabbath day. Um, we thank God for the Sabbath day. Thank him for a Sabbath rest, a day where we can reflect on his greatness, a day that we can reflect on his, his majesty and his awesomeness. Um, and just put aside the cares of the world. Just lay aside all of those things that, that seem to come in and overtake us. Um, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Again, my name is Pastor Jonathan B. Fields Jr. And I want to welcome you to our Tabernacle Praise uh, family of worship here where we just love to just praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Sister Beverly, for that beautiful song selection. Um, Lord, I lift your name on high. Um, and he is truly a God worthy to be lifted. Listen, listen, listen. I want to encourage you to share this link. Amen. Uh, keep us in prayer. We've been having some issues, but I ask you to go ahead and share this link. Um, do a watch party. Let individuals know what's going on here at Tabernacle of Praise. Amen. Um, we want to just ask that you would keep us in prayer. We've been having some glitches. We've been having some issues going on um, uh, with our Facebook page. I'm um, even with YouTube. Amen. Our website is just like the enemy is attacking. Uh, the enemy don't want this message out. Amen. But we know that God is on the throne and the enemy is truly a defeated foe and the victory is already ours. Amen. So I solicit your prayers today. I ask that you will continue to keep us lifted up as we proclaim the name of the Lord. Listen, there is a word from the Lord today. Um, and I believe that God has a powerful word for us today. And so I want to just encourage you to sit back and, and, and not, not just sit back in a comfortable way. Uh, but sit back with your mind, ready to be engaged, amen, ready to be enlightened, amen, um, and just ready to grow in the name of the Lord, because that's why we're here. We want to grow in the name of the Lord, and we want to lead people to our Lord and Savior, because the truth of the matter is, we need to get out of here. I'm ready to leave. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to fly away, amen, <clears throat> because this world is not getting any better. Um, it's only getting worse by the second. It used to be, it's getting worse by the hour, uh, but now it's getting worse 
by the second, even by the very minutes. Amen. Um, and so we want to encourage you to pass this link along. Um, let's just go ahead and jump into our scripture today. Amen. Um, First Kings chapter 19. Um, we should be able to put that up on the screen here. There we go. Uh, first, uh, uh, First Kings chapter 19. Amen. You have it right there before your very eyes. Amen. I'll be reading it in your hearing. It simply says, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Amen. Also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that he, when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. Let's go on. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life for I am no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under the broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. Then he looked and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Verse seven. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and he ate and he drank and he went in the strength of the food 40 days and 40 nights. Amen. As far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that, in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said to him, what are you doing, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I alone am left and they seek to take my life. Today, I just want to share with you on the topic of the panic room, the panic room. This is a part three series. This is a part one of a three-part series. Um, and we'll be looking at the panic room. Amen. Let us pray. Loving Lord, our Father and our God, again, we thank you so much for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you are about to do in the lives of your people. Um, we are truly elated at the fact that you chose us now as we enter into thy word. We ask your Holy Spirit to be upon us as though um, it's not already here with us. You woke us up. You started us out this day. We're just saying thank you for allowing us to participate on this platform. Forgive us again of our sins, O oh Lord, we do pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen again. The Panic Room. The Panic Room. You know, um, there was a movie that came out um, back in 2002, I believe, of a young lady, a mother and her daughter, um, bought this brand new house and inside this house um, they had a room set up um, for safety 
Um, uh, uh, this room was called the Panic Room, and hence the name of the movie, The Panic Room. Um, and, and I would like to just take that for a moment um, and just put a little shift on it, because um, even in our message today, we find Elijah uh, uh, enter, into a panic room. And if I could just bag up just for a couple of clicks um, and share with us today that there are those that are viewing us now that have found themselves in a panic room, in a place of panic. Um, it may have been a doctor's report that sent you into a panic room. Uh, it, it may be the um, news of a, of a loved one uh, that put you in a panic room. It may be the fact that your finances aren't where they ought to be that spent you into a panic room. Or it very well may be the fact that you are not even comfortable within yourself. Uh, uh, maybe you having some type of uh, um, um, illnesses going on that has placed you in a panic room. Uh, uh, but what I would like for us to understand and know and learn today is that there are three things that I want us to take away from this passage here whenever you find yourself in a panic room. Amen. Whenever you find yourself in a panic room. But let's just go back real quick as we understand and look at what's taking place um, in the passage. You know the story. We've dealt with some of it on last week. Uh, uh, Elijah, this powerful man of God, uh, has just uh, finished uh, um, uh, uh, praying and, and just finished showing God's display of God's glory and God's mighty power uh, as the dew, uh, the um, drought, uh, it, it began to rain. Uh, and even before that, Elijah and the, and the prophets of Baal, when you go back and read uh, chapter 18, uh, you see Elijah was on a very high mountain at this point. Uh, Elijah had just finished showing the prophets of Baal, uh, uh, the, the, the true God, uh, uh, the, the, the only living God. You know the story. And, 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 and so Elijah is in a very high place. Uh, and at the end of all of that, Elijah, uh, at the end of all that, Elijah uh, and, and the prophets of Baal go back to back. Uh, uh, warned against who is the greatest God, which God is the mighty God. And you and I know uh, uh, which God is the mighty God. But, but just in case there is someone watching, someone that is listening right now that may not know which God is the true God. In our story here, Elijah has just proven that Jehovah, God Almighty, is the true God. And Jezebel uh, takes, takes um, issue with the fact that now Elijah, who has now killed all the prophets, uh, of which actually, actually, those were her prophets. Come on, somebody. Uh, Elijah has now killed uh, the prophets of Baal. And now Jezebel, Jezebel has now sent a word to Elijah, letting him know that his life is now on the clock. Mm -hmm. his, his, that, the, that the clock is now ticking, that his days are numbered. Let's go back and read verse one. You don't have to put it up on the screen. Let's just go back and read verse one. And Ahab told Jezebel that Elijah had done uh, uh, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. And now Jezebel 
has an issue with the fact that Elijah has killed all the prophets. And so now Jezebel sends word out. So she says, let it be known. Let it be known. Go back and let Elijah know. Let it be known. So I'll to let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. So in other words, Elijah, your, your, the, the, the time is clicking, the clock is clicking, and the time is running out, and your life is about to be taken. And Elijah, this man, this man of valor, Elijah, uh, this warrior for God, this Elijah, this man who once prayed fire down from heaven, this man who once prayed that the rain will stop. And, 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 and this man, this powerful prayer man, this prayer warrior, this man of God has now found his life in danger. And so what Elijah do? You would think that Elijah would resort to the one thing that he knew, but instead the Bible tells me that Elijah fled to a cave. Elijah fled to a cave. He fled to a place where he sought refuge. He fled to a place where he sought safety. But how many of you out here know that there is no safety outside of Jesus Christ? But just in case you find yourself in a panic room, just in case you find yourself in a place of panic, just in case news has been trickled down to your doorstep, news have showed up in, in, in your life that has now sent you to a place of worry, a place of panic, a place of concern. There are three things I want us to understand that Elijah, I believe Elijah seemed to kind of uh, 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 forget about. So the first thing we have to understand uh, in this first part is that prayer is paramount. That's right. Elijah, uh, uh, the one thing that gave Elijah what he needed was the fact that he was able to communicate with God. And Elijah forgot that prayer is paramount. Paramount is the top, is the, is the, 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 the safe place, paramount, par par paramount. Elijah uh, uh, forgot that prayer is what makes this thing work. My brothers and sisters, I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what you're experiencing today. But if you find yourself in a place of panic, if you find yourself in a place of uncertainty, if you find yourself in a place where it seems like all things, the walls are caving in, things are just not working now, I need you to understand that prayer is paramount. Elijah forgot all about that. Come on, somebody. The Bible says here, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die. Yes, he prayed, but his prayer wasn't a prayer of power. It was a prayer of defeat. It wasn't a warrior's prayer. It wasn't a victorious prayer. It wasn't a mighty valor prayer. It was a prayer 
of defeat. And my brothers and sisters, there are times, let's just be honest out here, let's just be honest out here, there are times when we approach God's thrones and we don't, we don't approach God's throne with victory. We don't approach God's throne with power. We don't approach God's throne with a warrior's mentality, but we approach God's throne in defeat. Elijah said, Lord, just take my life. Just take, you know, forgot about all that God had done just a few days ago. You know, it's amazing how we forget what God has done just a few days ago. It reminds me of the children of Israel. After all that God had done for them and getting them through the Red Sea, the Bible said just a few days later, on the other side, they began to complain. They began to murmur. They forgot about prayer. But my brothers and sisters, we can't forget about prayer because prayer is paramount. Prayer is what get us through the day. Prayer is what get us through. It's very crucial that when, even when we wake up in the morning, the very first thing we need to do, the first thing we need to do, the very the, the, uh, the, the, the very thing we need to do is to pray, is to spend time with the Lord. Prayer is paramount. Prayer is paramount. Not only that, uh, uh, but prayer, prayer is our petition. Elijah, Elijah forgot that. Elijah, as he began to call on the name of the Lord, uh, uh, he began to call on it in, in, in a way where God was not pleased. It, 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 his petition wasn't for victory. His petition was for defeat. Prayer is our petition, my brothers and sisters. We need to understand and know that God requires of us, God desires of us to come to him and lay our petitions, make our requests known to him. And while I'm true, while I'm true, I, I, you know, I believe that God wants us to lay everything out before him. God wants us to tell us everything, everything. He wants to lay everything out before him. But I'm also of the mindset to know and to believe that there is nothing that I can say or tell God or say to God uh, uh, that God doesn't already know. There's no need of me being fake. There's no need of me being phony. There's no need to me being fictitious because God already know everything about me. Everything, uh, he knows me from the beginning, from the end to the beginning. He knows the number of hairs that's on my head. He knows everything about me. God already knows. There is nothing that I can say to him. So when we come to him, we lay it all before him and we make it as crystal clear that this is where we are. And God says, lay it before me. Elijah, while I appreciate the man of God, for going to the Lord and laying his petition and letting God know that I wish that I would die. My brothers and sisters, what does that really say about the God that we serve? When we find ourselves in a defeated place, when we're asking God to just take my life, just take my life. I don't even want to be a part of this anymore. I can't handle it. In other words, what we're saying, God, what I'm going through right now is even too great for you. That what's happening in my life right now is even too mighty for you that even you can't handle it. So it's best that I just lay down and die. Lord, take my life. That's what he said. But he himself went a day's journey, sat down under the broom tree. He prayed, Lord, uh, I, I just wish my life was over. Enough is enough. 
Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father. I look over my history. I look at my life. I look back over the over over history, and I see that yeah, there are some there are some moments that I didn't do everything the way God wanted me to do. And, and I get it. I understand. We're all there. We've we've all been there. I know who I'm talking to. I know who I'm speaking to. Uh, we've all have made mistakes. Now that may be something to figure uh, that, that they may not have made any mistake, but 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 I'm just gonna I'm just gonna help you out and help you along the way because the truth of the matter is, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So every last one of us have messed up somewhere along the way. Someone is just we, 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 we have all fallen short. We've all made some type of bad decision. Uh, we made bad choices. It could be in a relationship. It could be a job selection. We've all made some bad decisions and some bad choices. And we've all said some things. I'm reminded some years ago uh, the Lord was on me. The Lord was talking and I remember God was saying that he was calling me uh, uh, to be uh, a part of, of his great work. And, and I can clearly remember to this day where I simply said to God, I said, Lord, you have me mixed up. Surely, surely you're not calling me. Surely you're looking for someone else. Amen. And there have been times that, you know, you, you may have found yourself in a place where God was moving on you, where God was calling you to a, 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 a higher level, maybe even calling you to a new position. And you felt like you were unworthy. You felt like maybe this is not what God has intended for me. And God said, this is what I intended for you. I'm no better than my father, Elijah said. Then as he lay and slept, as Elijah rested uh, uh, under this broom tree, amen, suddenly the Bible says an angel shows up and began to prepare a meal for him. Now, I'm so glad, if I can put a pen right there, that even in my panic room, that God understands me where I am. Hallelujah. That even in my panic state, uh, that God is able to still work with me and get to me. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that there was no place I can go where God is not already there waiting on me. Hallelujah. And so the angel comes and the angel began to prepare a, a, a food for Elijah. He didn't just prepare once, but he prepared it twice. Hallelujah. We have to understand that we have to lay our petition before the Lord. Elijah's honesty. I appreciate Elijah for his honesty. And sometimes we criticize a lot of our Bible characters because we see their flawed ways. But let's just be honest with you. If, you know, we were able to see Elijah's flawed ways, but at the same time, we see how God was able to work through that, just like you and I and our flawed ways. God is still there working through us and working in us. Prayer is paramount. Prayer is our petition. And I'm just going to throw this caveat in here before I get to my last point. We have to understand that prayer is a privilege. Hallelujah. We don't deserve any of this. This is not something that we wake up to where we walk around with our head held high. I don't want anybody to get it mixed up uh, uh, thinking that we have arrived. No, 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 no. I just understand now that prayer is a privilege, that prayer is simply God giving me a means to be able to communicate with him verbally. You know, it's a wonderful thing that God thought enough of us to give us this means of communication, this means of being able to 
to dialogue with him on bended knee, be it in driving in your car. You may be standing at the sink washing dishes. You may be sitting on the couch, wherever you are in your office, in your workplace, in the elevator, walking down the street, driving down the street, jogging down the street, that God has given us this platform to be able to communicate with him. Oh, what a privilege it is to carry all of my sins and concerns to God in prayer. It's a privilege. Prayer is a privilege, and I thank God that he thought enough of us. And Elijah, in this his story, we see here that even though Elijah has found himself in a panic room, in a place of panic, these things that he kind of laid aside, but I'm so glad, I'm so glad that God never leaves us where he finds us. Oh, yes, that God always works to take us to that next level, that God is always moving to get us to that better place. Prayer is a privilege. You're not only that, but you, we need to understand and know that there is power in prayer. There is power in prayer. That's right, then as he lay and slept, the Bible says, under the broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. Then he looked. And there by his head was a cake bread on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and laid down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time. But this time when the angel came back, uh, he arose and he ate and he drank. And he went in the strength of that food that day for 40 days and 40 nights. Power and prayer, my brothers and sisters. Elijah, Elijah prayed, yet the prayer was a prayer of defeat. Yes, the prayer was a prayer of, 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 of take my life. Yes, the prayer was a prayer of gloom and doom. But at the same time, God was able to give Elijah strength because he prayed. I know sometimes you feel like your situation or your circumstance may be so overwhelming and so overbearing and it seemed like, what's the point in praying? I remember I was there. I understand my brothers and sisters. It's not, not going to get any better. What's the point in even trying? Well, my brothers and sisters, just like in our story here with Elijah, even that prayer, that small prayer of Lord, take my life turned into him being fed on two occasions and strength enough to run 40 days and 40 nights. The power of prayer. And so he did this thing. Elijah went in that strength. He ran in that strength. And the verse 10, so he said, I have been very zealous. And it's amazing, my brothers and sisters, that Elijah will find himself understanding now how he got to be where he is. You know, we've all done some things and said some things, but how many of us have learned from those things? Elijah here realizes, although it's mixed with, 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 a, with, with, some, with some false applications, if you will, uh, uh, Elijah didn't tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth, because he says in this text, he said, I've been very zealous. Yes, I've been zealous, but I was zealous for you, Lord. We kind of smoothed it over there. 
For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And we also know when you read the chapters back that Elijah took the lives of those prophets, but he said that the children of Israel did it. He had no hand in this, and now they're out to take my life too, Lord. And you know, it's amazing how sometimes we try to justify while we're in a panic place. We try to justify uh, while we uh, 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 live a sinful life. We try to justify uh, uh, while we do wrong. We try to justify all of that. And let's, let's just be honest, you can't justify wrong. Wrong is wrong. You can't justify a, a, a lot. You know, the thing about a lie, my daddy had to remind me and share with me years ago. He said, son, he said, when you tell a lie, then you have to tell another lie to cover up that lie. And then you have to tell another lie to cover up that lie. And after a while, you have told so many lies where you begin to believe the lie that you told. And you'll get it all twisted up where you don't know what's, what's the truth. And you begin to believe that thing. Elijah said that it was the children of Israel. The children of Israel uh, killed your prophets, and now they're coming to kill me too. It's nothing that I've done. I haven't done anything wrong. I haven't said anything. I haven't, I haven't talked about anyone. You know how we do. You know how we do. I, 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 didn't, I didn't do it. I didn't, I didn't say a word. I, you know, you know, we, we, we have to be honest with ourselves. We have, to, we have to be honest with ourselves because God already know us better than we know ourselves. I said that earlier, God already know everything about us. It's best to just lay it on the table and call it for what it is. I am a wretch undone. And Lord, I need you. I need you, Lord. And that's why I go to the Lord in prayer. That's why I go to the Lord and I talk to him for myself because I realize that there is power in the name of the Lord. That when I call on the name of the Lord, things happen. Something happens when I call his name. Things began to unfold when I call on his name. Things began to change when I call on his name. Stuff began to move in the atmosphere. When I call on his name, when I began to approach God in prayer, my situation began to take a different look. My situation began to turn. I remember when I used to call on him and things began to unfold. I began to call on him and my situation began to change. I don't know all of the ins and outs, but what I know is that there is power in prayer, there is power when I call on him. There is power sometimes when I just think a thought, when I just let the thought run around in my mind. It seems like God even interprets my thought and bring that thing to pass before I can formulate the words on my lips. God has begun to already work that thing out. He's beginning to already take control, even though I hadn't actually hit him, hit my knees and prayer, even though I hadn't called on his name yet, just the fact that I was able to even think about what it is. God began to move. There was power. In prayer, there was power when we call on him. Let me say it like this. We all have found ourselves in a panic place. Sometimes the panics are short bursts. Sometimes they're long span. Sometimes we find ourselves in a place of panic 
uh, for, for, for months and even years on end. And one thing about being in a panic place or in a panic room, you see, panic takes the place of faith. You see, when you go to a panic place, you are opening up the door for fear to come in. You see, that's what Elijah did. Elijah ran because he was afraid. He was fearful of his life. He had felt that, that, that Jezebel was going to take his life and failed to realize that it was God who sustained life. It is God, the one that sets up kings, tear down kings. It is God, the one that woke us up this morning. And yes, I agree, my brothers and sisters, that we have to be careful with the life that we live. But at the same time, we ought not allow our fear of death get in the way of our faith in God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Our faith in God ought to be paramount. Our time with God ought to be paramount. That ought to be our focus, our focal point. When trial shows up, I don't let trials dictate my prayers. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no. No, no. I, I, we don't let trouble get us in the wind. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't allow the struggles, as real as they are, take the place of our trust in God. Because we realize that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. My brothers and sisters, there is power in prayer. And if you need prayer, if you need prayer, I suggest to you today, that you call on the name of the Lord, I suggest to you today, right now, that if you would just repeat after me, say, Lord, our God, you are truly an amazing God. And right now, I am going through a situation that is overwhelming. Right now, Father, I am in a panic place, and I need deliverance. Father, come into my life. Lead me to your throne and help me to reflect you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This is the time, my brothers and sisters, that we're living in. A lot of stuff is going on in our land. We're in a panic place right now. We're in a pandemic. And the truth of the matter is, this is a panic room. But let's not forget about prayer in the midst of a panic place. God bless you and happy Sabbath. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, Pastor. What a powerful message. Just encouraging us to realize that prayer is truly paramount. What a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. And when we make our petitions known unto him, the person who can make a change in our life, we can realize the power that's in prayer. Thank you so much, Pastor, just for encouraging us. We can come out of our panic, our panic rooms right now and go to our prayer rooms. Thank you, Pastor. What a, what a powerful message. And we just want to encourage you, uh, saints, that... Uh, this afternoon at, at 2.30, we're going to be studying out of the book Testimonies for the Church. Sister Carol, Sister um, Lewis is going to be leading us 
in that chapter 73 and the first part of chapter 74. That will be at 2.30 this afternoon. And uh, on Wednesday, we want to encourage everyone to tune in to our Wednesday Power Hour. We're going to have a special Power Hour prayer meeting this Wednesday. Pastor's going to be leading out. So we want you to invite a friend to come and get that power and experience that prayer power. Amen. And so, and we also want to encourage you this week, this week, to vote early. We want you to vote early this week so you can avoid that, that panic at the end and be safe. So until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace. Amen.